0: This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Hey Lee, when's the last time you called the uh, main switchboard for sales fuel? Just dialed in like a customer.
0: Well, if you know, I, I, you know, I'm looking at Jason Bradshaw's uh, website and everything like that. He's got a picture of him as a 14-year-old on a phone, and I had that same phone. It looks like a Kyocera uh, Palm Pilot <laughs> smartphone, and that when I used that phone, might have been the last time I did that.
1: <laughs> okay, well there you go, because the customer experience, especially now in this pandemic, is something that you probably need a refresher course on. And Jason Bradshaw, our guest today, is going to give it to us. Welcome to Manor Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Audrey Strong, I'm Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel, and I'm C.
0: Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel.
1: So let me uh, thank Jason for joining us all the way from Sydney. Hi, Jason.
0: Hi, Audrey. Uh, Hi, Lee. Hey there.
1: And you have a lot in common with our CEO Lee because both of you, well, at 14, you were starting your own business, Jason. Me, I was just trying to decide what boy I wanted to date. I wasn't particularly entrepreneurial at that age and what nail polish to wear. Uh, But at 14, everybody, Jason started his own telecommunications, hence the phone and hardware distribution business. It was then he began a lifelong passion for customer experience and says, every crisis is an opportunity to grow and reexamine. He went from teen entrepreneur to a global thought leader on customer experience and employee experience, delivering growth through examining those things and so he's got the breadth and the depth of experience to inspire engage and deliver results and author of a book you got to get this i'm going to spell for it. it's all about sex that's quite a tease e-x the <laughs> customer <laughs> experience the essential guide to customer and employee experience get the book it's on amazon it's on his website and the website everybody before you type in jasonbradshaw.com that's not his website it's jason s as in sam bradshaw.com okay jason That was your big intro. Thank you for being here.
2: It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show and letting me have this conversation with you guys and and all your listeners.
1: So, I mean, let's talk about the pandemic. It's changed the way we do business and it's definitely changed both the customer and the employee experience. I I mean, it's a big umbrella. Where do you want to start?
0: Mm. How about it sucks? <laughs> uh, nice clinical diagnosis, Dr. <laughs>
1: Smith.
2: Yeah. So the, the pandemic obviously is uh, devastating from a humanity point of view. But I do think that it's given uh, organizations uh, pause or the catalyst to actually start caring about their customers and employees again. You know, if those businesses that, ignored the impacts of the pandemic or that I continue to ignore them are the ones that are really hurting. Yet every day we see articles and stories being shared about companies that have completely pivoted, become obsessed about loving, if you like, on their customers and their employees, finding new ways to operate and actually are starting to thrive and, and continue to grow their businesses. and I don't think that was any different before the pandemic except for now they've they've had this uh, big kick up the you know what to get focused on improving the lives of of people that they serve whether that be their team members or their customers yeah. I'm a big fan of
0: the Disney Institute and I, I went through it as far as the learning uh, all about the customer experience and, and, yeah. and how they operate their theme parks and things like that. And just recently because of COVID over here in the States and, you know, also in Paris and, and like they've had to totally had to rethink, you know, their customer experience and how their cast members interacted with, with the customers and everything like that. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so parts of Disney has, has, has reopened, but it's like even someone like that that really had the customer experience down and I thought, was actually one of the, one of the best at it because of COVID had to totally go back and, and rethink just about everything that they did. And, uh, it, are you seeing the same kind of thing pretty much across every industry
2: that you consult with? i uh, certainly seeing it, it, it much wider and broader than, than normal. And, and the good folk at, at the Disney Institute. And you know, one of the things that they talk about is their chain of excellence. Uh, and, I don't think Disney changed it at all in many respects because of the pandemic. They just went back to their foundations, what's most important to them. And the first part of their chain of excellence is the safety of cast members, which is their team members, and guests. And so they they re-engineered what that experience would look like in this pandemic world that we're living in at the moment, for sure. But they didn't move away from their core values. They went straight back to them and said, how can we achieve what we promise to our guests? And the first thing that they promised to achieve is a safe environment for their cast members to work and serve their guests. And that's what I see where companies struggle all the time is that they don't have a really clear foundation of what matters to them. You know, customer experience isn't about hugging and loving on everybody. It's about serving your core clients in the best way possible that delivers value for them and value for you as the organization. And I think that's where we get tripped up quite a lot is that companies feel that customer experience is about being everything to all people. It doesn't have to be, you know, not most companies, Amazon's probably the, 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 the small exclusion. Most companies don't sell every product made to mankind. So therefore, you don't need to be all things to all people. You just simply need to be the best at what you sell and provide um, through the exp- living up to the experience that you promise.
0: So, how would you define customer experience? Like, you know, when when I think of it, I think in terms of creating a positive emotional experience, uh, you know, for your customer. How do you define it?
2: So, for me, customer experience or employee experience—they're pretty much the same—is the stories, the memories that become the stories that people share. Mm. So, it's not the customer service transaction. It's not the car or the fridge, it's not the commodity that you buy, it's the combination of all those transactional elements that form memories that become the stories that we tell, good or bad, about the places we work and and shop.
1: So are there um, some additional enhancements and methods that you're recommending? And I know it's different for B2B versus B2C, but to your clients, um, in the circumstances we find ourselves in now, things that we should be adding to the experience, Uh, that we might not be doing right now?
2: So the number one uh, tip that I have for anyone at the moment is communication. Now, I'm sure that uh, I'm not the only one saying this in many disciplines. Uh, You know, from a sales point of view, communication is key. From a service point of view, communication is simply key. But from an experience point of view, it's everything. Customers just want a sense of... Of surety at the moment. You know, in an unsure world, the best thing that we can do is make something absolutely known so that they know what to expect. They're not navigating. You know, when we go to bed tonight, we don't know what we're going to wake up to tomorrow in terms of this pandemic. Anything could have happened. But if I know that if I go uh, and transact with an organization, that they're going to do these five things and it's going to make it a safer experience for me and that I trust that then I'm more likely to do business with them. You know, organizations that have pivoted very quickly to have curbside pickup or contactless delivery, all of those things are about providing customers with absolute surety of what they're going to uh, be getting and, and as their experience at the moment. And people just want safety. People want there's safety in knowledge and, and that comes through the communication.
0: You know, I, I said at the top of the show, it sucks because, uh, you know, like whenever I go to a restaurant or something like that, it's a normally consistent restaurant that delivers it perfectly every time now in the, in the throes of this or whatever, it's like their quality is like all over the place. The customer experience, of course, I mean, is obviously, you know, we're just trying to be safe and just trying to transact some basic form of business. So that kind of, they've kind of thrown that out the window, some of necessity, but some, you know, maybe not, uh. Anyway, my point there is like, what clients do you have that are absolutely doing it right right now? Well, uh,
2: Disney's not a client, but I, I definitely think Disney has uh, led by example in terms of uh, providing that real real sense of safety for, for guests and not being uh, absolutely driven from the commercial element. Now, of course, shareholders and and organizations need that commercial element but you know disney's been very much we'll take this you know, we'll communicate what we know today, and we'll continue to communicate how those things evolve. I was actually due to to be in the in the states in the in the next few weeks to go on a Disney cruise, okay. and um, unfortunately, I can't go on that right now because the Australian government's closed our borders. We can't get you can't get in, and we can't get out. Wow. Uh, but I rang Disney and uh, Disney Cruises because they needed to organise a refund or a credit, to, and you know. I was blown away by just their IVR. So the automated voice response when you ring in, they, as part of that uh, script, which... In some respects, you would think is isn't really Disney, but in other respects, you'd go, of course, Disney would do that. But in their, in their automated script, it talks about our cast members are working from home. So if you hear a dog bark in the background or, you know, a child talk, that's okay because our cast members are important to us and that's the safest way for them to be. And then, you know, I, I had a very short delay until I connected to someone. The cast member answered the phone I explained the situation and within seconds my refund had been processed. There was no arguing. There was no uh, trying to rescue the sale. It was let's build the relationship. Let's look after the relationship and then... Uh, move on to how we can connect with that customer in a in a, in a, a later time period, and I think there's some great examples of customers to uh, customers and organisations doing that um, all, all throughout the world. Uh, you know, people like Apple who have not been afraid to close their retail stores and, you know, um, and, and say that they expect their team members to work from home for the remainder of the year uh, to, to be safe. You've got companies like Qualtrics, uh, which is a, the world's leading research uh, survey uh, company, and not only are they openly telling their people not to, not to go to the office because there's no need to, they're providing organizations with tools to help understand what their team members need right now uh, to navigate this. And, and that, uh, there's lots of little examples and big ones where companies are, are just being open and transparent. Well, you, Volkswagen comes to mind. All right. So I, yeah. I guess
0: they're really pushing hard. The, you know, the online sales experience and everything like that. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: So uh, at uh, Volkswagen in Australia, we launched in under 15 days a complete online sales channel. And that wasn't to take our dealer partners out of the experience. It was to actually ensure that our customers could connect with our dealer partners from the comfort of their home and continue to to buy their new vehicle and book in their vehicles for service. And uh, we've done hundreds of millions of dollars through that online sales platform. Uh, And, you know, the pandemic, gave us that injection to speed up our innovation in that digital space. And that's not going to go away, of course, as customers realise that it's perhaps an easier, uh, more convenient way for them to transact business. And meantime, because our dealer partners are part of the process, they've also, you know, let's do a test drive but do it from your house or and, you know, we won't do the test drive with you so that there's that distancing factor considered. we we'll run and-
0: alongside the vehicle as you
2: drive. The- <laughs> <laughs> I think they just probably stay there and wait for them to come back. But, but Lee, if that's a challenge, I'm up for it.
1: Well, I, it seems to me, and I was going to say this before you guys talked about those two examples, which are excellent, is that whether you're selling widgets or cars or whatever, it's that a, a, walking yourself through streamlining and making the employee or the customer experience easier is appealing to me as a customer because I'm just feeling like everything right now is so hard. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm feeling... Anxious and stressed out, yeah. and somebody who makes it easier for me to get one more thing off my list. So, how do you recommend do you have a process, Jason, to remove process? <laughs> if I can.
2: Um, a process for the process. A process um, to
1: remove the process to streamline I've, the customer experience. I've, I.
2: I uh, it, it sounds like something that I used to talk about when I worked in government. Uh, so the first thing that I would say. Uh, uh, first thing I'd say about making things easier for customers, uh, and uh, I know I know that I probably should be talking about my book here, but I'd certainly recommend my good friend Shep Hyken's book, The Convenience Revolution. He provides some really practical examples of how companies uh, pivot and make things more convenient uh, for customers and thrive as a result. But you know, one of the things that I talk about in uh, my book, It's All About Sex, that's C-E-X, uh, is... Don't wait till you've built out this massive strategy uh, and, and implemented this implemented this big bang, you know, solution that's going to solve world hunger get started today by making 1% improvements get started by making small tweaks every day to improve the experience and the really sad thing is almost every organization big or small has the information at their fingertips about what customers in their that what customers love and what they don't love in the organization you know You can, whether you survey Monkey or a corporate product like Qualtrics, uh, most organizations survey their customers at some point. And if they don't, they've definitely got Google reviews. Just look at your top 10 uh, reasons people hate on you.
1: There you go. (laughs) Choose one of
2: them and start (laughs) working on it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: In, in your book, you talk about, uh, you know, winning loyalty and, and I want to ask you about how to advance someone from being satisfied to, to being loyal, you know, it, because, you know, think of it was like, you know, would you w- rather your wife be satisfied or would have your wife be loyal? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So, so how do, how do we, how do we, instead of measuring customer
2: satisfaction,
0: you know, how, and, and we should be measuring loyalty. So how do we actually advance somebody from being satisfied as a customer to being loyal?
2: Hmm. So for me, uh, satisfaction is that first step before you get to loyalty, of course. You can't have a dissatisfied customer and, and have them loyal unless you're the only person that makes or sells that product. And then I would say that's a slightly different situation. So first of all, it's consistency. Loyalty comes from being consistent at doing what you say you're going to do. So, you know, if that Zappos with absolutely overnight uh, shipping of their their shoes or Amazon with, you know, their two-day delivery guarantee, whatever that promise that you make to your customer is – First of all, make sure your customer knows what you're promising, and second, deliver on it not once, not twice, but consistently. And that is so much more powerful than saying to your customer, it will arrive in five days, and sometimes it gets there in three, and sometimes in four, and sometimes in five, because customers just want to know when it's going to be there. So consistency breeds trust, and trust breeds loyalty.
1: That makes sense. Well, um, we've got about a minute left. What else do you want to share with our audience? Um, Is there anything on the employee experience side of things? Obviously I know here at sales fuel, we've put together a whole plan for in-office working and things like that, but employee experience, can you speak to?
2: Yeah, just really quickly on employee experience, pick up your last uh, bunch of exit surveys. So people that have left your organization, identify the, top three reasons people left your organization and decide whether that's uh, because you're not delivering on your promise to them. And if it's not, if you're not delivering on your promise, find ways to eliminate those three things so that you attract and retain top talent.
1: That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, you do keynote presentations, online training. You got the book, you got all kinds of stuff going on. So everybody remember it's Jason S's and Sam Bradshaw. That's your Twitter, your website, and your LinkedIn. And uh yeah, you know, I have
0: one last question, Audrey. I got to jump in on on this, and yeah. I know you hate it when I do this, but i have to i I have to know this okay, okay. so that's all right title of your book it's all about sex c e x but it 's <laughs> like, what is the weirdest request for an interview or or, 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 or media gig or, or 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 anything like that that you've gotten because of the title of your book? that you can share. (laughs) Uh,
2: So this isn't so much a weirdest interview request, but I was asked to give a keynote presentation in Las Vegas. On day two of their program, after they had an awards night, you could imagine that people were not uh, in the mental or physical state necessarily for an 8.30 a.m. keynote presentation for an hour. And I walk up on stage and I said, I'm going to talk to you about sex. And well, I had everyone's attention.
1: (laughs) I bet you did. I thought you were going to say it was some sort of, you know, uh, offbeat convention that misinterpreted the title and nobody.
0: Yeah. The one know. that goes on at the same time as the, as the <laughs> consumer electronics show, for example. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a uh, good, well, that, that's that's a good that certainly icebreaker. would be different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now we've piqued their interest. I hope everybody goes out and gets the book and uh, Jason, it's such a pleasure having you on and uh, great food for thought, great tips and great anecdotes between the two of you guys good ideas
2: thank you Audrey and Lee and and listeners for having me on today
0: thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts you can also get more great information at salesfuel.com